Hey guys, it is your girl Kendra Dion and welcome to the Kendra Dion Passion Project where passion and purpose collide. Guys, this is episode 18. I'm getting excited because as I was planning out the next couple of weeks, I realized that the last episode of this year will be episode 20 and I just think it's so crazy how God has allowed this thing to play out where I will be entering 2020 with episode 20. Isn't that cool? God is so amazing because I truly, truly did not plan it out that way. But just the way my year ended up happening and the weeks that I ended up taking off, um, because earlier this year I had a death in the family, then the most recent death in my family in November. So like all those different things and then going through transition in the summertime causing me to take a little break. So like all those little breaks, they were unplanned. But God, let me tell you, this shows just how perfect his timing truly is, right? And sometimes we get down on ourselves because things are not going according to how we had them planned out because I definitely didn't have it planned out in my mind to end the year with episode 20. However, God, you know, he his ways are above our ways and his thoughts are above our thoughts. And so he does something so strategically that, you know, they won't always line up with what we have because our vision is horizontal and his is vertical. So we're looking straight ahead, right? We're looking on the same level as us, but he's able to look down, right? So he can see everything going to and fro, right? And so he can strategically place us exactly where we need to be on his timetable, right? Versus the timetable we set for ourselves because we can only see but one or two steps ahead of us, right? So God is faithful in that way. And so last week, you know, we started talking about how we can't quit, you know, when we know we have been marked and approved by God. We also talked about the delay and test that may come before graduation or before we step into purpose, okay? And then this week, we're going to talk about what to do or, yeah, what to do when the enemy chases you down and how we can respond and react, right? Because the thing is, once we accept the freedom of God and decided that we're going to go wherever God is leading us, the enemy is not going to let us just go without a fight, right? We didn't gave him all these years um, of doing things his way, right? And living according to our flesh and just sinning and turning up. Um, I remember a year, a year or so ago, I was talking to, um, you know, a close friend of mine and he was really frustrated and he was like, Dang, like, why all this stuff happening now that I'm trying to live right and I'm trying to live for Christ because he had joined the church and he was serving on different ministries and just giving all, giving his all to God. And he could not understand, like, why am I going under so much attack, right? And so I had to tell him, I said, listen, before you were playing on his team. So, of course, he was leaving you alone. You you already headed where he wants you to go. So he don't have no reason to bring attack against you because you doing exactly what he wants you to do. Now that you living for Christ, yeah, now you starting to face a t- you starting to face attacks and stuff because it's like, hold up, where are you going? Like, no, I want you back over here with me. And so what he does is sometimes he chases us down in our pursuit of God 
so that hopefully we get so frustrated that we go back to what's comfortable, which is usually our life outside of Christ before we were pursuing God, right? So he's like, yo, I'm going to get them so uncomfortable they go that they go back to what was comfortable. Just like I said last week, I was getting so frustrated with the attacks. I'm like, shoot, I'm about to just go get me a job. I'm going to get me a new old job and get out his way so he can leave me alone. But that's exactly what he wants from us when we are no longer playing on his team. He wants to attack us. So that we get so frustrated that we say, you know what? No, let me run back to what's comfortable. Okay. And so we're going to see that in the, the scripture and story that I use today with the Israelites, right? They, if we go to Exodus 14, God is like strategically leading them out of Egypt, right? And he tells them exactly where to go and set up camp. And he tells them ahead of time, the Egyptians will think that you are lost and wandering and trapped, right? And they're going to pursue you. And the next part that he promises them, he says, but he will act on their behalf, right? But he doesn't tell them how. He doesn't give them a how. All he says is that what I will do will bring honor to me and show the Egyptians that I am the Lord, right? And so what do you do, right? When God leads you into an impossible situation, right? Or a situation that appears impossible, right? To man in the physical and the natural, right? Because I said we see horizontally. So horizontally, it looks like we're in an impossible situation, right? But when he does that, God is leading us in these impossible situations just to prove himself and show his true power, right? That it's nothing that he can't lead you into that he cannot lead you out of, even if you can't see, right? Even if you can't see how, because like I said, we're horizontal. We can't see how. He's vertical. He's looking down. So he can see the other options that you can't see. And even when it's something that you can't see in a physical and the spiritual realm, he can make things happen supernaturally, as we see at the end of the story, right? And so um, this reminds me of what I shared on Instagram earlier today, right? So if you follow me on Instagram, and that's Kendra dot dion d-i-o-n-n-e underscore if you follow me on instagram i wrote um i shared proverbs 3 5 and 6 in the caption on one of my posts which says trust in the lord and lean not on your own understanding and all your ways acknowledge him and he will direct your path right and so what i said was his direction is not indicative of our understanding okay which means we don't necessarily have to understand the direction, right? He doesn't say, if you if you understand what I said, then it's going to work out for you. No, he said, if you trust what I said, it will work out for you. I will lead you if you trust what I said, not if you understand what I said. So I don't always have to understand the direction or the instructions of God to follow them. I just have to be obedient and trust him enough, trust in his sovereignty enough, trust in his ability to see past what I can see, right? That, okay, God, if he's telling me to do this, he's going to bring me out of this or he's going to bring me through this somehow, some way, even if I don't know the what. Because like I said, he said, because of what I will do. Well, I don't always know the what, but that doesn't mean that God was not, will not deliver on his promise to bring me through it, Okay. And so what happens um, when you follow the instruction of the Lord and now the enemy is chasing you down because what the Lord told them begins to happen, right? Pharaoh sees them and says, 
you know, why did we agree, he says to the other Egyptians, why did we agree to let them go? Like, now we lost our servants, and they're running around, right? They they trapped, they don't got nowhere to go. Let's go get our slaves back, right? That was Pharaoh's part in the situation. He's like, you know what, let me go, go back and get them. I don't know why I agreed to let them go in the first place. But the Bible says that Pharaoh's heart was hardened, right? And so I had to look up what it means because God had said when he gave them the instruction, he said, listen, I'm going to harden the heart of Pharaoh, right? So I'm like, well, dang, like, did he even have a choice in the matter or like, no. But when I looked up hardening of the heart, right, I found that there's two types of hardening of, of the heart. And I found this on Bible study tools in case you want to go look it up for yourself, right? We all got to study to show ourselves approved. So if you want to go look this up, go ahead. But it says there's a hardening of the heart by man where one's own sin is made to become um, its own punishment. So basically your sin, the consequence of that is your punishment, right? You're walking in, in disobedience to whatever God told you or whatever God instructed you to do. Whatever consequences come with that disobedience, that is your punishment. Right. Um, and so the hardening, hardening of hearts by God, this is where God allows the person to deal with the consequence of their own heart and heart. So I'm walking in disobedience. God told me to do a certain thing. And because I am being disobedient now, I'm left to deal with the consequence. So when God says I'm hardening Pharaoh's heart, all he's saying is Pharaoh's heart is already hardened toward me. And I'm using it for my glory at this point. Right. It's like, I'm not even going to try to change his mind. He done seen all the signs, all the wonders, all the miracles I performed prior to this. And he's still coming after y'all. So guess what? Now I'm going to use the stubbornness of his heart against him. Okay. Um, and so sidebar, one of the worst places we can find ourselves in is without God, with a heart and heart. Right. So now we're in these places, creating these situations, and now we are left to ourselves with the consequences of those things. And God is not there to help us get out of them. He's saying, look, I already told you, I already showed you, you still want to do you. I'm going to let you do you. And you got to deal with the consequence of that. But that's a dangerous place to be, right? Where God has like taken his hand off of you and said, oh, well, I'm going to let them do them. Okay. Um, and so Pharaoh and his army, they go and they begin to pursue the Israelites to their demise to the Israelites' victory, and to God's glory, okay? So the enemy is chasing after them, but they don't even realize that it's going to be to their demise to bring God glory, and that the, the Israelites who seem to appear to be stuck and trapped to their victory, okay? And so the Israelites, though, what do they do? They see them, they see the uh, Egyptians in pursuit of them, and they begin to panic, Right. Because they see the same perceived dilemma that the e Egyptians see. They see, oh, my gosh, we're stuck. We're trapped. Like, where are we going to go? Right. But the difference between them and the Egyptians is that they had a word. They had permission to be there. The Egyptians didn't. And so you have to be careful in following others into a place God did not give you permission to go, right? Because you won't have the same grace, protection, and provision to be there. See, the, the Israelites were given permission to be there. God told them to go there and set up camp there. They had permission to be where God sent them. The Egyptians didn't have permission. But because the hardening of their hearts toward God... They don't care. They think, you know what? I can still do whatever I want to do. And uh, many of us, we find ourselves in that same place, 
We start feeling like, well, I'm grown. I want to do this, so I'm going to do it. I don't care that the Bible say I shouldn't do this. I'm going to do it. It feels good to me or I like when I do this. Whatever it is, whatever your thing is that the, God, that the Lord has spoke to you about, spoke clearly about, you know that, you know, God is, is tugging on your heart about this thing, telling you you shouldn't be doing it. But the more and more you do it, the less conviction you feel, that's, the, that's your heart hardening towards God. So you have to be careful of that when something that once convicted you no longer convicts you. Because that means your heart is being hardened towards God, which also means that you can be leading yourself into a place where you're going to be dealing with some consequences that you did not want to deal with. Okay. But so the perceived threat causes the Israelites to cry and moan. Right. And Moses tells them, stand firm and see the salvation of the Lord. Right. So when you have a word from the Lord, you don't have to fight the perceived threats. Right. Because God has already have God already has a plan to deliver you from whatever it is he took you into. OK, so um, if God takes you into a job, if God takes you into a marriage or um, an organization, right? You have to understand that God is going to be fighting on your behalf when there's a perceived threat present, right? So it feels like something or someone, a coworker, they just doing little stuff against you. And you're like, God, why is this happening? I thought you told me to come here. Yeah, he did tell you to come there and he's going to fight on your behalf because he strategically placed you there for a reason. OK, and so all you have to do, like Moses said, is stand firm and see the salvation of the Lord because he's fighting for you. OK, you know that. OK, God, you led me here. And even though I don't know the what, I don't know how you're going to bring me out of the situation. I trust that you're God enough to bring me out. Right. Because you have given me the authority to be here. You have given me the permission to be here. You have given me the instructions to be here right and so he is going to provide you with everything necessary to occupy that space and move effectively through it okay and so what we have to understand is that when we start walking in this level of obedience to God and when we're walking away from bondage because you got to remember the Israelites are coming out of 400 years of slavery think about how many years you have spent in a cycle of sin and now you you have made the decision to walk out of it. You think the enemy is just going to say, all right, bet I'm going to let her go. I got somebody else. No, he wants you too. he wants your soul, too. And so his job is to trick you into thinking that obedience is somehow a bad idea. OK, and you we all know what I'm talking about. Right. Where God told you, oh, so to see. Right. And then you sow the seed and the enemy start talking. You big dummy. Why would you sow that seed? You know you got tuition coming up. You know your rent about to be due. You know um, you wanted to get such and such a gift for Christmas. Like he starts telling you all these reasons why you were dumb for being obedient to the voice of God. But you know what? We have to just remember that, you know what? The enemy's job is to trick me into thinking that following God is wrong. But guess what? I'm going to stand firm. I'm going to stand on the word that I got from the Lord. And so just like with the Israelites, right? God re began to remind me. Um, I spoke a little bit about a situation I went through last month, right? Um, after my Nana passed away. But the Holy Spirit reminded me today as I was preparing how I panicked just like the Egyptians did. I mean, the uh, Israelites did. So remember, I told y'all that 
you know, God had already told them beforehand when he said, you know, go out here, make camp here. And the, the um, Egyptians, they're going to see you. They're going to think you wandering and stuck and they're going to come after you. Right. He already warned them. They already knew that that was going to happen. Right. And he told them that so that when they saw the uh, Egyptians coming after them, they wouldn't panic. Right. They would be like, OK, bet. I already knew this was going to happen. God got me. Right. And so the same thing happened with me before my Nana passed away um, earlier in this year, in the spring of this year, I actually had a dream. Well, in the dream, I was at one of my aunt's house and everybody was in mourning. Right. And nobody was talking. We were just all sad, crying, sitting around. But it was like you knew someone had passed away and I knew it was my Nana because she was the only one not there in the dream. Right. And so God had already given me a warning of what was going to happen. I didn't know when, but I just, I, I had that warning, that warning dream back in the beginning of the year. And so that was so that when, you know, these other things began to arise right afterwards, that I would be able to stay stable in my emotions, right? But nope, I didn't. Just like the Egyptians, I just had all this stuff bottled up and I wasn't able to just wait on God to deliver me out of whatever the other situation was. Um, and I keep talking about it very vaguely because it's not for me to share at this time. Um, but yeah, so I just, I lost my cool. I didn't stay stable. I didn't stay firm and I didn't stand firm on, on God because God had been telling me like, don't trip, don't worry. I got you. Right. But it's like, after that happened, I just let all my emotions just overwhelm me. And I felt like, no, if I don't handle the situation, it's not going to be handled. <laughs> That's how I felt. Right. I have to do something. But you know what? Like I said last week, I had to just go back and reread um, the word that God had spoke over me back in June. Right. And so I had to start saying, you know what? This attack is only because I'm getting closer to where God told me I would be next year. Right. And the same thing with the Israelites. They were one step closer. Right. To the promised land where God wanted to take them. Right. Um. And so I had to just reset my mind after that situation. Like I said, I prayed, I asked for forgiveness from God, the person, myself, I forgave the person. And I had to just reset my mind and say, you know what? My progress must be intimidating the enemy, right? Because he's chasing after me. He ain't chasing after me for no reason. But what I had to remember is just like the Israelites, I have a buffer between me and him, right? Because in verse 19, it says that the angel that had been in front of the camp of Israel moved behind them, right? So the Israelites were never in imminent danger because the Egyptians, they never really had an opportunity to get the Israelites, right? Like even though they were in pursuit of them, they were never actually going to catch them because there had already been a buffer placed between the two of them. And the Egyptians, their hearts are so hard and, and so stubborn toward God that they are continuing to chase after the um, Israelites, right? And so it says that eventually, it says that God began to confuse the uh, Egyptians, right? And they begin to realize that God is fighting on behalf of the Israelites, right? But guess what? Let me tell you something. This is why sin is so tricky, right? They are so caught up. Right. And doing what they want to do and doing things their own way. They did. They don't even perceive the imminent danger that is in front of them. Right. Because imagine just imagine this. You, you see this, this. The water split open. Right. I would be hesitant. I'm like, no, I ain't going in there. Especially you don't believe in God. Right. So it's like 
if God is fighting on their behalf, my will's starting to get hard to turn, like all this stuff is going wrong. I'm not about to put myself in the situation where I could be drowned. I don't know how this water is standing up. This don't even make sense. I'm not about to follow that. But it was like their hearts, right? And sometimes our disobedience or our commitment to sin can cause spiritual blindness, right? So we start doing things that's, that are just totally illogical. Like it doesn't even make sense to do it anymore. But it's like I'm so committed to this sin that I can't even back out of the foolishness, right? Because it's like, well, I'm here now. <laughs> and so... That's what happens. And so we know how the story ends, right? The Israelites, they cross over on dry land and the Egyptians are swallowed up um, by the sea. Okay. So I just have two main takeaways from um, today's podcast. The first one is when God calls you to it, no matter how bad it begins to look, trust that he has already worked it out on your behalf and that you will get the victory and he will get the glory ultimately. So when you're in these situations and they're starting to look grim, your marriage look like it's falling apart. Ask the Lord, how are you going to get glory out of this guy? I'm trusting you in this marriage. I'm trusting you in this job. I know this is looking tough. I know it's looking rough. It looks like the enemy is coming after me. It's coming after my husband. It's coming after my kids. You know, but I believe that you're going to get glory out of this. I'm going to stand firm and I'm going to believe on you. Um, I'm not going to run back to what's normal. I'm not going to run back to what's comfortable. But then the second takeaway from this is something we can learn from the Egyptians. Do not harden your heart towards God. Because it will create, like I said earlier, spiritual blindness, right? And you'll end up going places that you're not supposed to go. You don't have permission. You don't have protection or provision to be there. And then you'll end up dealing with consequences that you do not want to deal with. Okay? So I love you guys. I pray that today was another um, helpful podcast. Something that's going to be able to, you know, just help you enter 2020 with a clear mindset um you know because some of the places god is about to take us are going to be intimidating sometimes and the the enemy is going to present challenges and obstacles and distractions but we have to remember to keep our eyes on god and he is going to bring us through whatever he brings us to all right i love you guys and i pray you have a blessed week talk to you next week